Okay. Well, I don't know. Did I really say that out loud? <laughs> did I, did you I, might want to rethink that. <laughs> I might want to rethink that. I trust. Did I really say that? I trust you, Josh. I trust you to embarrass me <laughs> at every possible oh, moment. Okay, good. Yeah. All yeah. right. Then we're on the same yeah. page. I know we are. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. This intro is just going to boil down to two things. One, if you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. Thank you very much. If you're listening on probably Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Why am I asking for that? That gets us greater visibility, puts us in all the algorithms to make sure that we get in front of more people. Because that's why we do this. We want to help. We want to help as many people as possible. So thanks for the like, the subscribe, and the five-star rating. Yeah. Here we go. Last episode, many people nitpicked my approach to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Did they? They did. And, and don't Not, say, did they? Did you they? You were part of that. You were part of that. In fact, while we're on the subject, kicking off the subject of nitpicking, Yes. A number of times I've been with you where I've heard you utter these words, I'm not picking, but, and then you launch into picking on something, uh, usually but, the knit size. Uh, no, it, no, it is, but I had the disclaimer. So the fact that I had the disclaimer sort of get, gives me entry. That's like Ricky Bobby saying, I said with all due respect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. He did. He said, You're a jerk. But I said, remember, I love, I actually wrote a blog post way back then about that. I haven't, with all due respect, blog post. So it's against myself. Yeah. Josh, yeah. Josh can I, can I apologize for all of those times? I will. No, I will don't endeavor. apologize for it. I enjoy no, it's, it. It's no. given me, it's given me ammunition. It has. Yeah. You know, mo most of the time you point it out too. You yeah. have not oh, been do. shy. I, look at that face. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I do. Yes, you, yes, you do, Josh. So uh, occasionally yeah. you'll let me go. That's you mm. know that's that's a bad like sort of way I'm wired, uh, and it's something that I'm aware of. I don't like it. It's inappropriate. I use it. I use it inappropriately. With you, it's it can be playful, yeah, right? But if I'm giving someone feedback. I've used it inappropriately like that. And it's something I just can't get rid of it. It's like a tick that I can't get rid of. Mm. I, I've reduced it, yeah. but I'm, I'm, but it, in all seriousness, that's not something, you know, oh, I'm going to insult you, but I'm not really insult any of those yeah. prefaces are not, not yeah. a real good practice. Yeah. So speaking, so what, are, why are you talking about nitpicking? Well, today's topic is about nitpicking in the agile world. And there's a couple different angles we're going to come at this with. And one of the things that we are going to do, we aren't just going to complain about nitpicking. We're going to talk about ways to change the approach, the words to make it positive, right? That's the thing that we're trying to do is allow people to create that positive, safe environment to have debate. Unfortunately, many of the folks out there, and Bob and I both see this across LinkedIn pretty heavily, is that there's just a lot of like bashing and then that just creates more bashing. And in the end, we don't actually get anywhere. We just like spiral around this bad juju and nothing really gets better. So that bothers us, bothers us. And we want to like help people fix it and do better. There is a lot of, um, and I've seen an increase in it, Josh, over the last, 
you know, I and, and I was joking about political influence, but I think political discourse in the world, there's like, we've gotten very polarized, I think. That's clear mm-hmm. in, in political, in, and not just in the United States, but in Europe, there's polarization. In South America, there's polarization. And, and for whatever reason, we've gotten into this them and us. Mm-hmm. I'm right and you're wrong view. And, and I think that's influencing it in discourse in the Agile community. Um, now, historically, maybe an exception to that that's a long-lived exception is the Scrum Guide, right? That's not, in, <laughs> it's almost a joke, but it's not. It's like the definition of Scrum. And either you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. You're either doing Scrum or you're not. And there's this notion that, and and picking at people who don't do it right. There's folks that list like user stories are not in Scrum. So that's not bad. And I, that's been a long time historical thing, but that's, that's still happening and it's accelerating uh, safe. And I am not perfect. So I have nitpicked historically with not positive intent. I have nitpicked safe. We, we had an episode where yeah. we, we took some heat about because we got, we were honest, we were forthright, but we weren't, we didn't leave it with positivity and right. balance. We, 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 we said safe we, was evil. Evil. And that's, yeah. that, that was pretty clear. Yeah. And, and on that side of things, agile, uh, there's, there's a lot of nitpicking going on right now about agile too. There's a group of people who've published a book and a definition of agile too. And, uh, and they nitpick agile. So when they're, when they're pub- marketing agile too, there's no respect towards Agile. There's no, we're, we're on these shoulders. We build Agile 2 on the shoulders of Agile. Uh, yes, we think there's some, here we've improved it, but these are some strengths. Um, coaching is something that's popped up lately. Agile coaching, yeah. life life coaching versus Agile coaching. And and nitpicking. So I'm just setting the context, Metacasters. There's all, it's, it's this polarization, I think, is increasing. And we want to come out and for ourselves as well it's learning for us is to yeah. recommend we we ought to stop this yep so so react to anything i said josh because i talked a lot you would never do that um i would never <laughs> i i i agree com- completely and if you've listened long enough to me and or this podcast you've heard me say dozens of times that disagreements or debates often when handled correctly discover that the answer is somewhere in the middle and the way for two people or a group of people to get to that middle space is to educate each other on why they view it's this way and so often it's a misunderstanding in one or both directions and as two people educate each other educate themselves then it's a epiphany moment of oh gosh okay this is this is here and to bob's point that doesn't happen in the public social media world because it feels like everybody has to have a hot take like hey if i'm going to get views and retweets and likes and comments i got to come out and say something bold and you know the safe is evil episode could be viewed as that but we actually viewed it as we felt like we weren't being honest with our listeners because we kind of soft played our feelings and we wanted to come out and give everybody that listens to us 
a clear, definitive view of what we think about it. Uh, it was not to sensationalize things. It was, okay, here's how we really feel about it. We don't think we've done a good enough job of sharing that. But so many of the others are like, hey, how do I get eyeballs on me, on our company, on whatever? And that's kind of the that's what I believe to be the the driving force. Now, I given what we're talking about, I would love to have some folks that have put out some of these things and have them come back and say, like, hey, this is why we're doing it. We're trying to educate folks on blah, blah, blah. And this is the best approach that we've seen. Cool. So that dialogue would be great for us to have with other folks that are out there uh, doing some of the things that we're admittedly nitpicking on them nitpicking about. So it does get into a cycle where you fall into this death spiral of picking on things. And it, ultimately what we have to do is step back, realize there's a cavern of missing information between the two groups and work together to fill in that cavern. And then we end up just walking across that field and cavern and saying like, dang on it, neither of us were really right and meet in the middle, shake hands. And we've both learned and grown. There there's terminology you're aware of it, but I think, I think I hadn't been thinking about it that way. What are the buzzwords? There's clickbait. I've heard, mm -hmm. I I'm not, I'm not privy to a lot of these things, but there's people saying things just to, just to get, reactions right to right. get coverage to get clicks um and that's a, that's been increasing uh, i do think that's part of it because there's no there's no balance to the discussions there's just an extreme there's like an extreme position there's an absolute position scrum is perfect just do scrum i don't know if we've done that i i like what you said about us we did the safe episode I, our intentions are not clickbait. If I get extreme about something, if I nitpick on something, it's because it, it's because it's bothering me. It's not to drive clicks. It's and the more I'm emotional about it, the more it bothers me. And I try to explain the why. Uh, very often, you and I disagree about things, but then we come to agreement. So we're looking mm -hmm. for the truth. We're looking for balance. The other thing is, I think we're trying to do what's missing in the nitpicking is this notion of doing good. Like, I think we're trying, it's not just clicks, but I think we're trying to educate people. We're trying to show our hearts, our experience, um, listen, learn from each other, uh, but trying to do good. I don't know if the nitpickers are trying to do good. They're just trying to, to, to you know, sort of stir up the pot sometimes. Maybe they are. Uh, and maybe explain that, but I, I don't, I, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for them, but we're not, I don't, I don't think there's a case where we nitpick to nitpick. Uh, it's not, a, in, not intentionally. And it's easy to tell if it's a, you know, a, a, a clickbaity hot take thing because people dig their heels in, in the comments and really, have no willingness to see the other side of that discussion and so they just dig in and this is my position and i'm sticking to it and aren't willing to have that dialogue that we talked about that helps people uh, educate themselves and each other so that they can get to the most right answer if there's such a thing or 
the most appropriate answer, I guess, is the is the better word. And and this is something that as leaders in your organization, you have to fight really hard to not allow this to become a thing, because there's a lot of organizations that I've gone into and helped where this also is the way teams work. And it's and it just gets to be the loudest, strongest voice ends up winning. And so as a leader, you have to work to not allow that to either become a thing or if it is a thing, you have to work really hard to fix that. And one of the things you can do, probably one of the most important things is, again, one of the items that Bob and I talk about all the time is modeling the behavior. And for instance, I'm helping this company right now and there's two of the more senior folks who have opened up a dialogue with me about some of the changes that we are making and they have strong views and opinions on why we shouldn't do X, Y, or Z. And I have that dialogue with them, but I also take the time to express my gratitude and highlight the importance of that dialogue and their willingness to put it out there and their willingness to have a discussion and their willingness to like, stop and think because you have to start to generate that approach within your culture and within your organization. So if that's not happening, that's on you. You have to generate that type of culture where people are willing, able, and empowered to have those discussions. So it's not just about, Hey, what do I post in LinkedIn and what's the tone that I use? That's a thing for us. That's a easy thing to point at because everybody can see that. But you also have to look inside at your organization and figure out, is there nitpicking going on? And that can create a ton of problems. Absolutely. There's two ORSC things, ORSC coaching things that come to mind. I've mentioned before in the Metacast. One is 2% truth in anything even if I violently disagree with SAFE, and I think we've tried to do this. I know I've done it in my writing. I've lambasted SAFE, but I've talked about the aspects of SAFE or the patterns, the tactics that I like a lot. So it's not 100% SAFE. It's look for that. So when we're doing this nitpicking, are you, what is healthy nitpicking or whatever, or healthy debate or healthy conflict? I think part of it is is the 2% truth aspect, being open to no side is 100%. The other thing that or it has a phrase that everyone is right, but only partially. And it's mm-hmm. a system coaching view. Are Very often there's me, there's Josh, and then there's the Medicast system around us. Uh, I'm looking, if I'm looking at the world from my lens, then I'm right. But if I look at the world from Josh's lens, there's a different right. If I look at the world from a systems lens, there's a different right. So no one is 100% accepting the fact that we're all flawed. We're all perfect and we're all flawed at the same time in the system. So fostering both of those help us to listen to the other perspective. That's why one of the reasons, and and probably it's a medium like LinkedIn, these short posts, you, you don't have the time or the space to like honor the other side, right? Or listen, even listen to the other side. Yeah. And, and things like that. So if you're doing it organizationally, maybe those two ideas will help you. Uh, they're both empathy, right? Have empathy yeah. and really and really listen. Uh, another, I want to tee up respect, Josh. Re- respect for, and it, I think it's related to that, 
But I think another aspect is just respecting those that came before, respecting yeah. the other person's experience, um, and and sort of that that nitpicking. You know, those absolutes don't do that. And then taking the time, no matter what's right or wrong, it's it's respect each other. Yeah, and, that's that's something that I've had to really work on. And Bob is one of the folks that way back in the day started to allow me to see what I was doing. I have strong opinions and a loud mouth, which means that I often see something and I'm going to say like, well, this is dumb. Like, why are we doing like this? That's how I used to say it. Uh, I don't say it like that anymore because I've learned over the years and uh, the CEO at Dude Solutions, who I didn't always agree with, but he invested in me, which was great. And he and I were talking at one point about the amount of change that I had to create there. And I could see that it was weighing on him because he's like, dang, you know, like we, we made some not great choices back in the day, but as we talked through it, he eventually got to the point and he's, and he said, you know what, Josh, every decision was right when we made it with the information we had, who we were, what the industry was like, we we tried to make the best choice and we made the best choice at that time. It's easy for us now, fast forward five, six, seven years to look back with all the info that we've gained since then and realize it wasn't the best choice. But in that moment, in that precise moment when you had to make a call, that was the best choice. So it is really honoring all of the work that went into getting the company, the product, the organization, the process, what the person here and knowing that everybody's trying to do a great job and yes mistakes were made but they weren't intentional mistakes they gathered all the information they had and they made the best choice they could it's just now we know more so we know we would decide differently and we are deciding differently and so we're changing course and that was a really powerful lesson for me because i realized over the years how i would bash things and I felt terrible <laughs> for quite a while. And that forced me to very quickly flip how I approach things. I, I think experience, as I was thinking about this Metacast and I was taking some notes to myself, um, and this, uh, you know, this sort of aligns with what you said, but it also, uh, I've seen it in the agile coaching discussions. So there was, I'm not, we're not naming names and I'm not going to name any names. So just general conversations, but trust me, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but one, one person was really lambasting, uh, life coaches. So professional coaches in agile contexts. And, and when I looked, hold on a second. Yeah. How about that moose picture back there? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so um, what was I saying? Oh, but when I looked and, and we had a dialogue and it turned out that they had a, uh, a, a mini class that turned them off of professional coaching. So they had one class um, and, and I'll, I'll make my point now. So one little class, and lambasting the entire notion of life coaching, professional coaching, and agile context from a one little mini class perspective, a mm -hmm. bad a bad event. 
And I was thinking to myself, and I've been thinking about it, is like that doesn't give you, you don't have enough experience to nitpick. So I think experience comes into play with the nitpicking as well. And like, you know, I mean, it doesn't stop you. You can do whatever you want. But I think we need to look at look at the experience level of who's nitpicking and and weigh that in. Um, I have so much more, and I'm not competing, but it's like the weight of the experience matters. Yeah. And I think a lot of times nowadays people are nit. They're not only nitpicking, but they're nitpicking without a leg to stand on. Or from one article, I read an article, and darn it, that's wrong. Okay, you can, you're entitled to your opinion, but also couch it with, and I I know very little on a scale of one to ten. I'm like at a two, so put that disclaimer in there, uh, and and because the voices don't they're not the same voice it's not the yeah. same magnitude it's not the same so react to that am i am i being odd with that experience is a no, factor i think no you you, you and are. being humble it's... being humble or a little bit or being self-aware being the younger of the two of us i am like... <laughs> i don't know this is not going to bode well for me go no. ahead judge I think it does. Being the younger of the two of us, I am closer to those uh, silly, youthful views and statements that I would make. And for about 10 years, I was really pissed off about the fact that I didn't have the experience and therefore my thoughts and views were valued less. And that really drove me crazy, especially as I looked around at some of my peers who had the experience but didn't seem to be able to execute their way out of a paper bag. So that drove me crazy because it was like, I was immediately discredited because of my age or, and or yep. experience. And that was frustrating. And that drove me to like really try and prove myself. And there were times where that drove me in a negative way where I went overboard. Um, and so I feel that pain. I feel that, frustration and wanting to make things better and feeling like you're shouting at the ocean but because you don't have that experience people with experience <laughs> who have had that journey recognize and this is something that you were great with me when we first met because I was I was really on tools and things like that and you would just virtually put your arm around me and be like oh my young friend you you know not which of you speak now, you didn't say that, but you took the opportunity to educate me, which set me yeah. off in a really good good direction. So having somebody like Bob in my life really helped. And everybody's not going to have that. So that's why this episode is really important for you. If you're early in, in your career, take a step back and understand the reality of the world, whether you like it or not. I hated it. Um, but that's the reality of the world. And Yes, fight your butt off to prove yourself, but don't go overboard. Don't make some of the mistakes that I made. What's it? Yes. Uh, but I, the other thing I was going to say is, and have the wherewithal to know, like you don't see me, I've been in Agile for 25 years, Josh. I mm -hmm. used to develop code. You don't see me railing about pair programming nowadays or, <laughs> or pattern design practices or developing for the cloud, right? I'm not railing one way or the other. I look in the mirror and I'm like, old man, you have no clue of which you speak, <laughs> right? So so don't rail about that. 
all I'm getting at is that like be self-aware and it's going to change over time. Uh, so all of us have strengths and, and experience and all of us have, and I used to, I used to actually be able to rail against coding practices like three decades ago and it, <laughs> and it was relevant, <laughs> but it's, it's no longer relevant. So, so what I'm saying is like, shut up, Bob, like you, Everyone, Metacasters, I dare you to find me nitpicking about anything about modern software development practices for the last 15 years. And there's a reason for that. Uh, and and we're, again, it's like evolve that, have some respect, have some self-awareness, have some humility. I could, I could rail. And you know what? It would be terrible, actually, if I did that, because guess what? Some people would listen to me. Mm -hmm. And here I am. I have not a freaking clue, <laughs> right? You would call me out on it. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, it'd be great. <laughs> it would. Be, it would be. It would be great. So I, I think that's that's a that's a part of it as well. Is that self awareness and realizing that we're all evolving, uh, and just that humility and the you know looking in the mirror. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is the responsibility. A part of me with the nitpickers, some of them have a privilege. So the guys that did Agile 2.0. Everyone in the Agile, I'll use them as an example. They wrote a book. There's Agile 2.0. There's like 20 authors. There's a couple primary authors. And it's, it's I consider it very disrespectful. It's like Agile sucks. Agile 2.0 is the way to go. And they didn't honor what came before them. And that, mm -hmm. that, bug, that bugs me more than, they have some thoughtful practices. They really do. There's some thoughtful stuff in Agile 2.0. Uh, but what bugs me even more than that or equally, is they don't understand their gravitas. They don't, like, I can, I understand how to take them, right? Mm -hmm. And and how to parse their stuff. But for every one of me, there's probably 20 or 30 newbies or middlebies who look at them as like the next Ken Beck or the next Ken Schwaber and take everything they say as gospel. And gotcha. that's, and, and they're not taking responsibility for their what? Privilege. Uh, and so it's respecting that which came before you, but also being self-aware of your privilege. And and with great privilege comes great responsibility, Josh, I think. You tell them, right? Uncle Ben. To be, no, does it? To be balanced. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. To be balanced. Because people are listening to you. I, I do. I think we take this seriously in the Metacast to some degree. We, we try to be balanced. We're influencing folks. Right? Yeah. I, be, go ahead. In jobs and on all the content that i create that's a real fear of mine because there have been moments where i didn't understand the weight of my words and how it would be taken and members of the team went down a path i didn't intend them to but they did it because of words that came out of my mouth and this again was another lesson that bob bob taught me was I was struggling with this really good team to like get them over that hump and to become a great team. And they had everything. And Bob was like, listen, you have to accept that as the VP, people are going to act different when you're around, they are going to respond different to every word that comes out of your mouth. So you're the problem. You have to adjust the way that you're operating. And while that stung, Bob was right. And I had to do a way better job of evaluating 
the words I was forming and thinking how they would be received and really trying to understand who the audience was and making sure that I was delivering it in a, in a um, positive consumable manner that made sense. It's, we all have privilege and it's not just, it's your role privilege. It's you're a white man. You so you have gender privilege, you have racial privilege, you have experiential privilege, you have role privilege. I have all of those things. I have mm. subject matter expertise. I was talking to someone this morning. I was offering to speak at a at an agile group in Montreal, and I and I was they wanted to understand what I was going to talk about. And there were these two folks that are on the volunteer group. And this this young guy said, Oh, I've read your book three times. And 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 it just hit me in between the eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, that was an honor and all of that, but I'm like, holy crap, right? There are people out there that are reading. I mean, he read my darn coaching book three times, cover to cover. And and I thought, was I careful enough in my language? Was I careful? And and we have we have influence. And it's not the book writing is a leader. Josh, you had we have privilege and to really be aware of that. And then to, and not just be aware of it, to act appropriately, to, to act according to that privilege. Yeah. And, and, you know, similar situation, the number of people that have reached out to Bob and I have said they've listened to every episode. Like, like they came on board at episode 200 and they went back and, and listened they to went, all of them. They went back. And Bob and I both know that our opinions are different now than they were then simply because we've learned and grown. So I kind of cringed whenever someone would say that. It's like, ooh, please don't take the things we said in like episode one through 50 as gospel, right? Because like we were figuring things out, both how to create content, but also we were evolving as agile leaders. Uh, so like that's one of those things where every time someone does that, I kind of cringe because of the potential for them to misuse something that I said with you know not enough knowledge yet maybe or something i don't know the thing that i'm one of the things i want to see how you respond to this josh uh, one of my takeaways from this episode one of my learnings and it's in the moment right now is i'm challenging myself i'm wondering if i've been positive enough so there's this balancing act in the in the metacast and i think i may be a little bit too curmudgeonly where i i'm honest in my assessments and I'm honest in, in sharing things, you know, in doing the Metacast, but I'm doing it. In, am I doing it in a way that is positive enough mm -hmm. and, and not a nitpick. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and it's a real, it's a real nuanced balance, particularly for me, for my first yeah. time, but I'm like, I need to, I think I need to really channel positivity and think about that from a meta skills perspective before I enter each Metacast. Uh, yeah, that's a what, challenge. What, any re, any reaction? Go yeah, ahead. It, so so many of the episodes that we've done have been driven by emotions we have at that moment, and yeah. we're fired up, and it's usually caused by something that frustrated us, and we need to like. Reality is, we needed to talk to each other and get it off our chest because that's our safe space. Uh, we just happen to publicize the safe space, so that's a that's a challenge that we have with how we create the content, how we get excited, how the juices start flowing, we do try to bring it back around 
and put a spin of positivity on it and try and give people actionable pieces of information to walk away with and start using an hour later. But so much of our, the, the evolution of so many of our topics are because we're frustrated about something and it's a good opportunity for us to talk to each other, but also we happen to be sharing it with thousands of people. Maybe it's a tough one. So let's, let's give advice. So let's talk to nitpickers for a few minutes. We're coaching, right? There's the entire world of nitpickers that we're really against is in, against is in front of us. Let's boil down our advice for what them to what what I want them to do. So I'm, I'll start. I I would encourage you all to be aware of your privilege um, before you talk, before you nitpick is be aware of your gravitas, be aware of your audience, and be aware of the influence that you have. Uh, so so privilege awareness, I think, is crucial. What, what other attributes? Yeah, to me, and I've talked about, tweeted about this before, is that I believe one of the most important things a leader, rather by title or privilege, whatever it may be, one of the more powerful things you can say is I don't know and accepting that you don't have all of the answers and posting things you're passionate about. But in that post, don't make it declarative, make it, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's how I feel. Am I missing something? What's yeah. going on? Like educate me, please. Because, uh, it can't be this crystal clear. So accepting that you don't know that you don't have the perfect answer is insanely powerful, but feels so opposite to so many people in leadership roles because there's a societal belief that that means you have all the answers and you can never yeah. say, I don't know. And that's actually backwards. Uh, that, that was a beautiful ad, Josh, or Danielson. Ah. ah wax on so that was that was no i'm i'm with you i'm i'm thinking of don't speak in absolutes yeah and show and show some vulnerability yeah. because none of us know everything so right. show i just i just admitted i know nothing about software development do you know what that's going to do to my bottom line no development team on the planet earth is going to approach me anymore damn it i hate <laughs> i hate it when, i hate it when that happens i would say another thing is is honor, it's like honor those that came before you, honor the ideas that you're changing. Like show respect for, right. if, if you're in a team and you're talking about a historical architecture, honor the architecture, you weren't there. You don't know what the challenges were at the time. Agile, the Agile Manifesto, you weren't there. Mm -hmm. There were 17 folks, what were their intentions? Right, they, they, they weren't, they didn't, they weren't trying to make money or anything like that. They were having some drinks on a ski slope, for God's sakes, talking about things that they were very passionate about and trying to make the world a better place. So honor, I'd say always, always honor and respect the individuals in the past as part of your, your nitpicking. Anything uh, more, Josh? Yeah, my, my, my last bit is just, just listen. Ah, listen in all directions to people with more experience, less experience, just a, listen to a diverse set of voices and oh, to Bob's yeah. point, like honor, honor all of that. Uh, recognize that there's value in every direction that that information is coming from. 
and use that to help form your new opinion or your evolved view of the world or agile or whatever it might be. There's so much value in other lenses and it can be easy to surround yourself with people that have a similar lens, but that's also very dangerous because you get into this tunnel vision and that really is difficult to get out of. Yep. My final point is assume, and I think we just covered it, but assume positive intent and then general positivity, right? So, so if I read a lot of this stuff, it's not, it's not trying to influence pot. It's just nitpicking. It's just, it's just, it's tearing down versus building up, right? It's negative versus pot, right? It's sort of yes. And it's, it's no versus a yes. And, uh, and, and let's, let's have more positive discourse. Uh, there's, there's too much, there's too much binary negative negativity or, or sort of polarization now everywhere. Why do we need to break? Why do we need to bring it into? We don't need to bring it into our actual community. What do you think, Josh? I think let's get that big I, old fork out. All right, stick a fork in it. All yeah. right, from beautiful downtown. Well, it's not so beautiful. From cloudy yeah. and oh, Josh, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the ambiguity, the gray. Is that equivalent to the fog that you've talked about before, or it's different? Is it different? The, you, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not the fog. So it's yeah. the gray, and then there's the fog. Yeah. Metacasters, you have to look back. He's talked about the fog a few times, and I'm not foggy on it. I'm <laughs> I'm not clear on it, but I'm not foggy on it. So from from overcast and rainy, Cary, North Carolina, and windy and rainy, Fugue Arena, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen, and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>